Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. This is Dr. Thaddeus Venture, and you're listening to the Long Box Guys. Whatever that means. the long box guys gonna do tonight brain the same thing the long box guys do every night pinky drink and talk about comics they're useless to taking over the world yes hey everybody welcome to this week's episode of the long box guys with me as always are some of my very best friends since i was a very little kid mike manny how you doing and what are you drinking I am doing well, and I am trying to get through this bottle of Eagle Rare Bourbon before I move back to New England. Ooh, exciting. Keep drinking, my friend. Like your Martian the Manhunter shirt, by the way. Thank you. Josh, how you doing? What are you drinking, sir? Uh, I'm doing good, and I'm drinking a uh, Jack Sabby uh, shipping out of Boston. I'm not usually a giant Jack Sabby fan, but I do like this as a nice, clean regular lager, so occasionally I'll uh, I'll crack one for something different. And shipping out to Boston, one of my very, very favorite Boston songs. Tommy, who sings that? I don't know. Dropkick Murphys. Come on, yeah. man! I gave you a layup! Going out. Shipping up to Boston to find my wooden leg! Tommy, how you doing, Ranger? I am drinking some old camp whiskey, and I am almost done with this goddamn bottle. I am going to finish my bottle before you finish that swell. Uh, that is the, that is your Ulysses. You are just. Are you reading War and Peace while you're drinking it? What? No, forget it. The best of times. It was the blurst of times. Blurst of times. Blurst of times. You stupid monkey. Stupid monkeys. Wow, Josh, how are you doing, that Tommy? Quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite moments of The Simpsons. That's, that's a good one. All those smoking monkeys. Mm-hmm. Stacy, how you doing, and what are you drinking today? I'm doing well, thank you. And I am drinking water out of uh, the head of a monster. I like your Gojira shirt today. Thank you. Very Thanks. cool. All right. Didn't mean to, you know, back up against the wall there with uh, the compliment. I know you don't like him. Speaking of walls, can you the segue? Amanda Waller is our person. <laughs> yeah, Tommy, that's what it's like. Amanda Waller is our person of interest tonight. We're going to be talking about The Wall as she appears mostly in comic books and also in movies. We're in anticipating with great anticipation the upcoming uh, Suicide Squad 2. More suicide Is there a tag? There should be a tag. This know, time we actually that? do it. Watch more people die than you think. I hope yeah. that's the tagline. You know what they should have made the tagline? There's a line from the first uh, trailer that I love. We got a friggin' kaiju! And that's got to be one of my favorite lines. I hope that line makes it into the movie. Sometimes they don't. I love that line. Tommy, why don't you tell us a little bit about Amanda Waller? Amanda Waller character appearing from DC Comics uh, first appeared in Legends number 1 1986 but created by John Ostrander, Len Wein and John Byrne uh, you know 
what isn't there to say? She is a government official in the DC universe, which makes her one of the most feared people in the DC universe. She is. She's she's a horrible person. She's, she's not probably a person. She's, she's probably she's probably Batman's greatest nemesis in the DC universe. Really? She's right up there with the Joker. She's killed as many people as the Joker. She probably killed as many people as the Joker. She in my favorite incarnation of Amanda Waller, she went as far as to clone Batman because she wanted she she saw that the world always needed a Batman. So she cloned Batman and created Terry McGinnis so that the world would always have a Batman. Hmm. So she always thinks she's doing right, even when she's doing wrong. Did she so give that she gets it right? Did she but, kill Terry McGinnis's parents in front of him? She tried to. She tried. Uh, Man, she I really hired, gotta watch that. She <laughs> she hired the phantasm to do it and uh she couldn't do it, so Is I that mean, what Mask of the Phantasm is about? No, no. Yeah. No. Man, I really gotta read some comics and watch some cartoons. I am so far behind on this shit. Yeah, you should really watch Batman Beyond. It was a pretty good series. But that's Batman my Beyond. favorite incarnation of, of Amanda Waller was Batman Beyond and also uh, from the Justice League uh, cartoons where she was head of Cadmus. And in those, it was a very sort of chess match between her and Batman. They were always going back and forth. And I thought she was one of his greatest uh, villains. Tommy, what do you think? Well, I was going to agree with you there. Such a rare occasion. I don't want you to know that it actually happened. Uh, when she was head of Cadmus, she was really the nemesis of Batman. She was actually the nemesis of the entire Justice League for a while, though she didn't see herself in that position. She saw herself as a the, the, the one thing that could stop a rogue Superman, a rogue Justice League. And if you look at some of the alter, alternative universes, Amanda Waller was needed. Uh, we see time and time again in the multiverse where Superman decides, why don't I just take over the planet? Or the Justice League does become evil. In our universe, Amanda Waller isn't evil because those things just didn't happen. So um, <laughs> it's kind of an odd you know, perspective kind of thing. I really like Amanda Waller mostly from the Suicide Squad uh, movie. I've gone back and read the comic books, and they're also terrific. But maybe because I saw the movie first, that really zinked it in there. And when she just shoots everybody that's left in her command station just because no one's supposed to know the command station was ever there, that was pretty evil. I mean, Ricky from Tech was just fixing a computer, and she shot him. Yeah, I saw the defense, name tip. Ricky's an asshole, and he never resets your password in a timely fashion, so fuck that guy. Yeah, and he always makes you put on, like, it's always got to be too long with Ricky. Like, it's got to be 12. Yeah. 12? Fuck, Ricky, 12, what's 12? Two symbols, one capital, three letters. What? I can't do that. Chris. Five? Let me put the word password in. Yeah, password, password. <laughs> no one expects that. I got that, like, in half my shit now. <laughs> so here's the thing, I never see her as evil, regardless. I always well, see her as the ends justify the means person. She's the uh, the epitome of, of of I do what absolutely has to be done regardless. 
So you would yeah. say lawful neutral? No. Yeah. That's what I'm asking, Josh. Lawful you're evil. You're saying yeah, the end is justified the need, so lawful evil. Right? It's different. No, she will use any means necessary to make sure that the institution she wants to protect is protected. So, no, she's not good, and she is definitely – actually, she might not even be lawful in some ways because she goes outside of the bounds of, of traditional, traditional paths, but she always wants the means to be the, the, what is best for what she thinks the country needs. So she's just really bad at chaotic good? I think so. Yeah, she's I mean, that's the what worst you're saying. Good, yeah, she's the worst chaotic good character ever. She, she is striving for something, and it's not, it is not against the common good. It's not against the, the people she's trying to protect and the institution she stands for. She goes about it in horrible ways, don't get me wrong. And she does way things way outside of the bounds of, of the law, impropriety, and all of those things. But at the end... She's doing it for a reason, and it's not—it's not to denigrate or destroy. All right, so let me posit this really quick: Who's worse at being chaotic good, Asmandius or Amanda Waller? Asmandius? You mean Asmandius? Asmandius. So, Ozzy is striving for the common good of the planet. And he'll do anything to do it, which is chaotic. Killing all of New York is not lawful. I don't care what you say. <laughs> no, no, he definitely does everything he can yeah. to unite the planet uh, in some way. All right. I think he does chaotic good slightly better, but still not very good. <laughs> not, It's still not very good. I mean, he is striving in some twisted way for the common good of all of humanity. And he As is Amanda to... Waller. No, Waller's not well, going for the, all of humanity. She is. She is here to uphold the the entity that is the United States of America. I think you guys are confusing chaos as being bad, but being able to be good. You're, the, these folks want to create order. They just want to be in charge of the order. Yeah. I think, yeah. think there. These both these folks are lawful evil. But yeah. Amanda will go. Will break any law she has to. To and maintain the right. U.S. Maintain government. Her law. To maintain order. I yeah. just, you're pushing it there. No. I'm, no. You're, Trust me. You're, you're explaining a cavalier, and that's not what she is. I, I'm just saying if we were going by alignment, we don't have to go by alignment because there's a lot of subtle differences in these, yeah. this character true, anyways, true, right? True. So right. she she uh, she is a bureaucrat. You get to look at her backstory, right? She comes out of Cabrini Greens. Her husband, one of her sons, one of her daughters is killed. She becomes a political aide and then finally finds a way to actually have power. Is not by acquiring it for herself, but using others uh, to do what she wants them to do. So she works her way into the government and tries to restore what she would view as order, right? Yes. And yep. in any way she can go about it. So if it's illegal, she doesn't care because, as you said, Josh, the ends are justifying the means for her, right? So she doesn't she doesn't see a problem with letting supervillains 
out of their jail sentence early if they do missions for the government that the government can't actually do themselves. They need plausible deniability. She, as a government aide, finds out about the Suicide Squad, the old, the other in, incarnations that Rick Flagg Sr. was in charge of and says, I can do that and I can do it better because we have all these shitty superpowered villains around and I can use them as disposable cannon fodder. I'm just going to put a team together of these villains and they will go out and do all of the black ops that the U.S. government needs done. And if they get caught, they're just fucking supervillains. Who cares? I take umbrage at shitty powers. All right. All right. Shitty villains with powers. Shitty villains, I'll give you that. Because they've all been caught. And they're basically all serving life sentences. But here's uh, here's something important about her. She realizes she has no moral compass. And she will do whatever it takes to get the mission done. Which is why she also, on every incarnation of the team, you will see a superhero joining the suicide... Well, not every incarnation, but most incarnations. You will see a superhero on the team. That's why Katana is on the team. That's why Bronze Tiger is on the team because she needs somebody to be the moral compass for the team to make sure it keeps her in check. But it really doesn't uh, for the most part. That's the problem. Uh, I, I, I see that. I'm not sure she has them there to keep herself in check. I think she has them there to make the call that she couldn't make to make sure they're on the path. I don't think she's so concerned about her own, but I think she's concerned that, you know, when when there's the button to push to blow up the guy's head, that guy can make the call because she's, I mean, you know, as soon as the mission was done, she would just pop everyone's heads off, right? And at any any circumspect moment, she would just start exploding heads. And I think that person is the compass for the group, not so much for her. But yeah, there's definitely someone always there, flag or whoever, who's there to, to sort of guide the group. You think I she's guess. just sitting in front of the big red shiny button? Uh, she, yeah, she candy like beautiful yeah, yeah. button? Uh, oh yeah, I mean if, if anybody it. gets out of line, she's perfectly yeah. willing to blow, blow her head off. Uh, just because she did uh, what they call it, Slipknot? <laughs> yeah, she did Slipknot nasty, man. That was cool. She did Slipknot pretty he did, The guy didn't even get out of the alleyway and she blew his head. Yeah. Like, he, that's his job, by the way, to get up high and recon things. And he was like, I'm out of here. Halfway up, and then boom. Like, what? That was more Captain Boomerang. Go yeah, back and refer to our Captain Boomerang episode if you're wondering what the hell we're talking about. But let's yeah. talk about the wall, because in addition to yeah. being in charge of Task Force X, a.k.a. the Suicide Squad, she has been on a number of other... Uh, government bureaucracy teams, including Argus and uh, Checkmate, Checkmate. which and I think you will appreciate. I know you, uh, some of you haven't read the Checkmate series. The Checkmate Volume 2 is our old top secret campaign come to life. It is the United Nations Black Ops uh, team. That is doing stuff for uh, to keep all the terrorist nations in check. Uh, yes. Uh, so she has a lot of great moments, but for me, there are two things that stand out for Amanda Waller. One is Batman gets in her grill once, 
and is telling her that he will take her down. And she's like, oh, yeah, your friend Deacon Hellfire says hi. Because Deacon Hellfire in the miniseries The Cult is the only villain who ever broke Batman. And after Batman got broken by Deacon Hellfire, he went to fucking Amanda Waller to help him so he would never be broken again. And she throws that in his fucking face. Because, nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, she also throws, like, one point, she's like, settle down, rich boy. Yeah. Yes. Just, just yeah. so he knows. Just she so knows. knows. She knows. I always That's like in my head, in my head it's totally canon that uh, she believes Bruce Wayne is the Green Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that's probably not right, but I love that that's what she thinks in my head. It's canon, and I love that. It'd be hilarious if she did. Fine. Operation Green Arrow. Get him. What? Wait. No. Batman. So she is also... So if you want to read any great Amanda Waller story, she's a supporting character. She's not the main character of any of these. Sometimes she's the adventure hook. Sometimes she is the protagonist well, sometimes she's the antagonist. Very rarely she's the protagonist. But uh, she's definitely one of the greatest non-powered supporting characters in the DC universe. The first run of The Suicide Squad by John Ostrander and Kim Yale is phenomenal. Her, her appearances on Checkmate were great. She's also, the, I believe, the mastermind behind Salvation Run where they decide, you know what, we got a lot of fucking supervillains on this planet. Let's just teleport them all to a planet and let them figure it out. Uh, which was also a very good series. Again, she wasn't really a major part of that. I did like the fact at one point they took over Kemo, which is this giant kaiju well, of... He should have been pronounced Kemo. Uh, it could be Kemo. It could be pronounced that. I, I don't know. I think he's actually a force of good in the world and we just don't realize it. He is God. just... He's just an envir- a toxic environmental kaiju who spews out toxic waste. Um, and they implant a chip into Kimo's brain so that way she can control the kaiju. Uh, which is fucking awesome. But awesome. Not, And I don't know how it wouldn't be considered green because Kimo's green. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have not discussed... Uh, the controversy of DC's rebirth uh, of Amanda Waller. Um, does anybody want to bring that up now? Or um, I don't know what it is. So. Well, I mean, it's her looks, they made, right? Yes. Yeah, they made her skinny as shit. Yeah. For no real reason. They made her kind of sexy and skinny. And um, I thought that was like a flashback or something like that. They just changed her? No, I saw some of that stuff. I didn't, I didn't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, and, she was. They trapped her in a tr- Twinkie truck. And she had to eat her way out. That's that's not how the the rebirth re re rebirth happened. It was everyone writing in saying, you know, we have a, a woman of power who doesn't have to, you know, be skinny and doesn't have to be sexy to be really cool and really powerful and we can look up to. And there was a huge writing campaign saying, you know, change the wall back into the fucking wall. And uh, I was part of that writing campaign. I, I wrote uh, wrote a couple of letters. I even signed a. Uh, an online petition. We don't have enough, you know, people of size in a lot of comic books. You know, sooner or later, uh, I realize I am going to have to uh, cosplay as the Blob. All right, that's fine. 
But, you know, some people might want to cosplay as Amanda Waller someday, and let's keep her the way she is. Yeah, and... So I know whatever size you are, it doesn't really fucking matter. Cosplay whoever you want, motherfucker. Damn right, I cosplay as Luke Cage. You know that, motherfucker. I know. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Stacy, what about you? What's your favorite uh, storyline for The Wall? Um, well, we, we touched on on my most substantial experience with her, which was Justice League Unlimited. Um, it's probably my favorite. I did learn while I was prepping for the show that she was actually in uh, the online-only uh, DC Comics Bombshells comic and was actually good in that one. She was the one who brought the team together, who brought excuse me, all of the, the bombshell versions of uh, all of the female DC superheroes together to um, to save the day, as it were. Um, the, and, and I, so when I was looking through uh, some stuff about Amanda Waller, I, I was reminded where else I saw Amanda Waller a whole lot, and that was on Smallville. Mm. Uh, she was played by Pam Greer. And I've completely forgotten that because I think I've pushed most of that experience out of my brain um, for so many, many reasons. But, uh, but yeah, so that was that was my other experience with her, other than, of course, um, Viola Davis's portrayal in the Suicide Squad movie. Damn it, I love Pam Gray. I totally missed that. What yeah. was she, the assistant principal? What was she, what was she playing? No, she, I mean, she was she was Amanda Waller. They They did a whole checkmate thing. Uh, on oh. the show, and um, yeah, she's she's trying to uh, track down Tess Mercer, who was Lex Luthor's girlfriend or something at the time. I don't know. I'm sure I'm getting that wrong, but uh, <laughs> that was yeah. So they they did a tie-in with that, um, which was probably more successful than the tie-in that Smallville did in one episode with Stride Gum, where the Stride Gum was laced with kryptonite, and. <laughs> And that was about the time I was like, well, I'm going to stick with this because I'm so invested in it, but I don't I don't like it. I mostly hate watching at that point. And by the way, if any gum is laced with kryptonite, it's blackjack. <laughs> That's awful gum. That is gum I give out as a, as a warning. <laughs> Trick or treat, I touch my house, kid. Here, so it's a blackjack. Make these rough kids. <laughs> And for those of you who are not a hundred years old, blackjack is one of those gums that you can only find at like old timey candy stores. Or hey, I bought some just a couple days ago when I was buying my kablooey. <laughs> <laughs> or I maybe crack for one deal. Hey, listen, I'm right there with you. I I like I like tea berry gum, and that's that's really hard that's to find. Hard to find too. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, but I like it for about fifteen yeah. seconds, and then it tastes. Yeah. Uh, did everyone say their favorite? I, I already said that my favorite was just from the movie. I just like that iteration. I also like the cartoon version of her. Uh, what was uh, Tommy? You you watched all the cartoons as much as more than I did. I think. What was the one where she was trying to get the get out of uh, hell free card for somebody? Uh, I don't know. It was probably Justice League. Yeah, it was. It was a Justice League dark one. Uh, or it might have been part of one. I think it was a standalone movie. It was uh, the Judas something, not like the uh, one, the other one, but some weird name. And Amanda Waller um, accidentally sent someone to hell, 
So she had to find a get-out-of-hell-free card, and someone was hiding it. So she got a whole bunch of the villains together that kind of dealt with uh, uh, magic and stuff like that. It was a really good, uh, really good one. I liked that one a lot. And it turned out in the end, Amanda, Hart, Amanda had a heart, because everyone thought she was getting the get-out-of-jail and get-out-of-hell-free card for herself. It's but called it turned Suicide out, Squad Hell to Pay. Hell to Pay. Thank you, Josh. And everyone thought she was trying to get the card for herself because she'd done so many bad deeds that she needed a get-out-of-hell-free card. But it turned out it was for, like, a little kid that accidentally got condemned out. Might have been one of her kids, actually. I think I'm going to have to watch that one again. It was a good one, though. Sounds good. And all the villains turned on each other quick when they found they could get a get-out-of-hell-free card out of the deal. This is way better than the bomb in the head thing. Like... Why not let the bomb go off if you got to get out of hell free card? Yeah. Just boom! Here you go. Boom! Go to heaven! Go to heaven! Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. I wonder where it's, what it's on. Um, oh, well, we'll find, you know what it was on? It was on the DC Universe Unlimited for a while. Yeah. And then that went the... Uh, so it should be on now. HBO Max, maybe? maybe yeah, yeah like, Max. Take a look. All right. Um, any other words on the wall? I mean, as far as bureaucrats go, I mean, that is a power. Like, being a really good bureaucrat is a power, and she wields it with uh, a massive authority. She really does a great job. I think Mikey, Mikey, when you first said she's one of the most powerful, non-powered people in the DC universe, or in any, in the comic book universe, I, I wrangled a little bit, thinking, oh, there's Lex Luthor, there's all these other people. Then I'm thinking... No, Amanda Waller really does control a lot of power. You're right. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. she does a really good job of nobody knowing how much power she actually wields. Uh, the unseen hand. Yeah. Anybody else have any last words about Amanda Waller? The wall? Also, uh, she doesn't flaunt it like Luther. Well, <laughs> yeah. The whole point is not flaunting it. That's her whole game. Exactly. Yeah, she doesn't have the yeah. desires that Luther has uh, no, I like the character. I, I I love the elements she portrays, and I love Viola's, Viola Davis's portrayal of her in the movies. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the first movie, but Viola Davis, I really, really liked her portrayal. Name a bad thing Viola Davis has ever done. Though. That's He's true. Yeah. Let's not forget Angela Bassett played uh, Amanda Waller in the Green Lantern movie. Well, I forgot that. I was, I, I was happy to forget that. <laughs> Wait, is this, I, I still is think CC. <laughs> Yeah. Pounder. Oh yeah, she's the perfect. Like, yeah. Fantastic Amanda Waller. Yeah, and you're not just saying that because you've been watching The Shield constantly for the last three months. <laughs> I mean, I have been watching The Shield constantly, but that she is who I think of when I think of Amanda Waller. Yeah, I think you're, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I I realized that I liked Amanda Waller a lot more than I initially thought I did. Like I was when we were talking about you know doing her for the that sounded wrong I didn't mean it that way so we were talking about crazy her for this week um, are we not doing crazy anymore I thought uh, I thought oh man I don't I just, I just don't really care about Amanda Waller and then I rewatched a bunch of Justice League Unlimited and uh, realized that yeah I actually really like that character yeah. yeah she really was the driving force for a season on Justice League Unlimited yeah yeah yeah, yeah and, and I will throw this out there if if you've never seen the the episode called Epilogue, which is about how 
she how instrumental she is in Terry McGinnis coming to coming to life. Um, I, I highly recommend it because she exudes uh, a sympathy that you like a sympathetic quality that you do, don't often see with her. Yep. There's a remorse. Uh, there's a remorse, and but also a little bit of pride in what she did. But she felt really bad about how she treated Terry. Is that the Batman? Be- that's in Batman Beyond, right? Epilogue. Yeah. It's it's a well, it's a Justice League Unlimited episode though, but it's about Batman Beyond, or is it a Batman Beyond? I thought it was it's, a Batman Beyond. Sounds like it has to be a Batman and Beyond. Because Terry McGinnis doesn't really show up in Just the Unlimited. Yeah, I don't think he's that on the way, right? It's, yeah. it's in Batman uh, Beyond. Yeah, it's Beyond. Okay. I go. think it's like in the first season of Batman Beyond. And I got to say, when John Ostrander was given any title that he wanted, uh, but he had a, he had like a, a group of choices. Like a, he wanted to do Challengers of the Unknown. They're like, no, somebody else has called dibs on that. And he's like... All right, can I have Suicide Squad? And they're like, "Sure, what do you want to do with that?" And he's like, "Can I just kill off all these supervillains we got lying around?" They're like, "Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. do that." Yeah, so he was that. very excited to create uh, the wall because he was like, "There are no middle-aged African American women <laughs> in the DC universe, and I'm going to make her." One of the most powerful characters without having any superpowers. So, uh, good on John Ostrander and um, uh, Kim Yale, who were the driving force behind the wall. Yeah. Oh, He's by the way, uh, epilogue. <laughs> yes. Ep- epilogue is season two, episode thirteen of Justice League Unlimited. Huh. Hmm. Nice. Right. I can't wait to watch that tonight. That's so. Is that the, when they go to the future, that's uh, clearly a trip to the future, right? Oh, Josh is out. No, no, I remember the episode. I think I remember the episode. I'm sad. It's time travel. You're out, man. It's okay. We'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> All right. All right. I guess that's going to bring us to the front of the law box. Mikey, you got anything good in the front of the law box? Boy, do I ever. Kill ya. Batman Reptilian. Oh. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It looks great, but it sounds stupid. It does sound really stupid. I was not going to. Uh, so, quick question for you guys: Who is your favorite comic book artist nowadays? Phil uh, Foglio. I just love that style. Sorry. It's hard to pick favorites. That's okay. That's not, it's Phil Foglio. <laughs> I did it right off the bat it took me so a for me it's Liam Sharp I sure. met him at one of the cons he was super nice we got to do a nice interview he was working on the Wonder Woman series with Greg Rucka and was nice enough to say you want to see a bunch of the pages and showed me a bunch of the pages before they even came out and his artwork was spectacular um, everything that he does is amazing. I backed his Kickstarter recently so I could get a coffee table book of just his drawings. And the great thing about him is he's so versatile. If you want to see amazing artwork, pick up Green Lanterns Season 1 and Season 2 that he does with one of my favorite writers, Grant Morrison, because he is the perfect 
visual storyteller for Grant Morrison's work. And I didn't think he would find a better collaboration. But then I forgot about fucking Garth Innes. Garth Innes is writing this book, and it is essentially... It's hard to describe exactly what it's about without giving too much away, but imagine a... If anybody read uh, Arkham Asylum, the graphic novel years ago, uh, or yep. um, it's a throwback to Bill Sienkiewicz's early New Mutants. It's a very stylistic art style. Inside, for those of you uh, watching on video, you can see I just opened up to a random page. It is uh, oil paintings that he's done for this. Um, and it's a very dark, sinister-looking art style. Um, that is all unique, and what I love about Liam's artwork is he's a chameleon. Every time you look at his artwork, it could be a different style that he's doing, um, and that's what I love about this book. In addition to it focusing in on one of the Joker's henchmen um, as one of the main characters of the story, um, so it's... It's a very good book. I highly recommend it. It's going to be a six-issue series. It's a black label, so it's very adult-focused. Not appropriate for children, probably. But if you want a trippy-as-balls story to read, Garth Ennis is the perfect writer for it, and Liam Sharp is the perfect artist. Uh, so I, I couldn't think of his name when you first mentioned that, but I really like Nathan Fairbain, by the way, as an artist. He did a lot of Invincible... He did okay. an indie comic called Lake of Fire. Uh, he did Scott. Uh, he did some of Scott Pilgrim, uh, and he did Wonder Woman Earth One. Oh, I really, I really, yeah, I really yeah, like cool. him. Tell me, who did the new Luke Cage Iron Fist? That came out about oh. uh, five years ago. Sanford Green. Sanford yeah, Green. Sanford Green. Sanford Green's my second. I love Sanford Green style. Very cool and very kinetic. Everything always kind of looks like it's in motion. Really cool. And his creator own stuff is really good too. Um, I met him several years ago at Heroes Con and had a really, really nice conversation with him about all of his creator own work. Yeah, he's very generous with his time when it comes to fan interaction. He's yeah, terrific sure. about. Uh, I freaked him out because you know I'm like I was dressed as Luke Cage and I, he was about to come out with the Luke Cage thing and I said, man, I am a huge Luke Cage fan. I was dressed as Luke Cage. He's like, oh man, I can't wait for you to see the new comic. He showed me some of the page. He goes, and you'll never guess. I can't tell you who it is, but I bring you back someone that no one's going to believe is here. I'm like, is it Mr. Fish? He goes, what the fuck? Shut up. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking? Nobody likes Mr. Fish. I'm like, I fucking love Mr. Fish. <laughs> so he had to spill it after that. He's like, I haven't told anybody this, man. But yes, I bring you back Mr. Fish. I thought you liked it because Danny Rand had Luke Cage driving around in a smart car. I loved him in the smart car too. That was I loved I loved it even more that it was that it was Luke Cage's punishment. His wife was mad that he was hanging out with Danny because Danny always got him in trouble, so she wouldn't let him take the big car. She's like, No, you're taking my car. He goes, Wait, you're gonna hang around with your little hood friend. But I digress. I digest. Tommy, what do you have to pack the long box? Man, I hope it's Luke Cage. 
It isn't, Tom, but uh, I, I thought it might be time for us to talk about sex. Ooh. Sex, Volume 1, Summer of Heart, by Joe Casey, Peter Kowalski, and Sonia Harris. So this is a comic book, if you could imagine, a, a Batman-like character who gives up the cowl and just spends his time trying to run the business and just trying to be a normal civilian after being the caped crusader for so long and just not really knowing what to do and it's just about this guy who was basically a Batman type character and he's trying to live his life and he just is like I, I, I've never done any of this before and goes to a sex club and he's just looking because he's never tried any of that and people try to set him up with people and he's like I don't know about this and and it's just it's kind of a, it's a slow going story but it's kind of an interesting take on on the old superhero tropes uh, and it was kind of an interesting read um, kind of looking forward to reading the other volumes after this but it, it is a very slow book because there's no action it's all it's all about this normal civilian life and how he's like very bored of in the board meetings how he really can't deal with like running the business because he's used to like doing all this other stuff and he just really doesn't give a shit about the business well i will say uh my sister keeps trying to set me up now and i just have one thing to say even though i know she's not listening stop Stop it. Jamie, stop. Yeah, well, where were you when he was in high school? Yeah. 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 She was trying to get herself laid in high school, man. She wasn't trying. She didn't have to try. She was allowing. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. Hey man, this is Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob from all those terrible Jay and Silent Bob type pictures, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box, comics talk for comics fans. I got one more fact for you. Can you guys tell me who John Byrne designed, what famous actress did John Byrne design Amanda Waller after? Yes. Uh, oh, uh, uh, shit. Can't remember her name, but yes. Uh, Come on, give me a break. Mel Carter? Yes. <laughs> okay, that's not it. I just said Mel Carter. <laughs> you did say Mel Carter. I couldn't hear you. You had too much whatever you have in your mouth in your mouth. It's called cock, Mike. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Just a choice. And better than what you got in your mouth, man. How much do you got left of that whiskey, Tom? Yeah. There, there's Just not much it. whiskey left. Let's see Just it. Hold man. it up. Jiggle it for the camera. I'll see. Yeah. We're talking Just about whiskey. Yeah. Two shots. 
I like Dale Carter. Dale Carter, uh, uh, yeah, Jimmy was really funny. I always felt bad for those fish. She accidentally back to fish. What, uh, so oh, on, the e- right. on the EGOT scale, ah. uh, how did she do? She, she probably got an EGOT. She was on uh, Broadway forever. Uh, uh, Oscar. Let's see Oscar for that. She won an Oscar. Did not win an Oscar. Did, right. she, did she win an Emmy? Probably. Uh, I mean, she's probably got three Tonys. She, she won an Emmy. She won a Tony. Tony. Yeah. You won a Grammy? Oh, Grammy. <laughs> she's probably got four Grammys. I don't think she has any Grammys. Oh, I would bet she does. She has a beautiful she had a voice. good voice. That's but why she again, won the Tony. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, well, I mean, what, what popular music dealt, like, would she have sung? I would have thought she, I mean, she was a good gospel singer. Yeah. I know she had a couple of gospel albums out, no Carter. Ah, that was a real tangent. Speaking of tangents, Josh, what do you got for us this week? So I was thinking of a couple of things this week, but I'm going to go with this. Uh, so the pandemic, for some of us, is starting to loosen its grip on on American life. But what is one thing do you think has changed you forever? What's the thing you're never going to go back to? What's the thing you're gonna, you've decided that the pandemic has really altered your life in such a way that this is something you're going to do from here on out, regardless of, of the outcome or, or vaccinations or, or whatnot, whether it be social, physical, whatever you got. Anything? One second. Uh, for me, the first thing that comes to mind is telework. Like, uh, so for my job, there are some days when I have to go into work, but there are others when I can do everything from the comfort of my house. And so I will probably do teleworking at least once a week when I go to my new job. That's all they're going to give you, one day a week? I mean, I'm the boss. I could do five days a week if I want, but uh, I got other shit I got to do. That's fair. I am not the boss, and I'm going to do that shit five days a week. I am (laughs) never going back. Like, unless unless I actually physically have to do something. Like, I've had to, like, recable things or pull something down or, you know, change something physical on somebody's computer. I am never going back. I'm never going back to work, folks. I am... Living at home, I'm never going back. I love my banjo. I learned to play the banjo during this. And I love it. I'm not good at it, but I enjoy it a lot. You'll get I've been taking it. Yeah. Part in that shit. Yeah, right. If Steve Martin can have a change of midlife crisis and learn the banjo, so could I. I've learned two songs, and. uh when did you By think way, he no, had his midlife have, uh, crisis? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I know, I'm going to live to 108. This is my midlife crisis. <laughs> uh, so, no, Carter did win a Grammy, by the way. Yeah. So, I mean, really, the only thing that, that I've kind of done different is I hope that BJ's online ordering never goes away because... Uh. I kind of like, you know, just ordering this shit online and just having them, like, have it ready for me. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I like ordering BJ's online. I love BJ's. 
I don't know. I go back down to the bus station. I just can't, even during the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Never like going cheaper down to the bus station. Four bucks is like downtown. But, uh, oh, you live in a fancy that, downtown. I mean, like, you know, other than the social aspects, I don't really miss going to restaurants. I'm perfectly fine with doing takeout, even though I think my wife probably is not feeling the same on that. That's all right. That's a meal when you get at home is just not the same as a meal in a restaurant, man. We live like very close to. We live very close to the restaurant, so it's it's not that far. But. Ambience, Tommy. Ambience. What? Ambience. Yeah, you take it at night to go to sleep. Ambience. Yeah. Yeah, I've taken tons of that shit over years. Uh, Yeah. I I find very different conversations when I'm in a restaurant. Uh, We talk about different things when we're at home. I like going out to restaurants. Yeah, I I agree with the telework. Chris, I've worked at home for probably 12, 13 years now. So that didn't really change for me during the pandemic, but it does make me realize that I kind of missed the occasional travel for work um, when I did it once every year to two years (laughs) when we had a big project. Um, But I I don't miss it as much as I used to. And, And I would say the thing that's changed for me although I've softened on this a little bit was we were talking about bowling the other day and we were like, do you think we'll ever go bowling again? Cause do you think we'll ever stick our fingers in like bowling <laughs> ball holes that other people have touched and, and wear other, other people's, people's shoes? shoes? Yeah. Like, do you think we'll do that? But then I saw a friend of ours on Instagram today bowling and I was like, ah, I kind of miss it. But the, the, the big thing I think that will be, uh, a change for me, at least for the next few years, if not forever, is wearing a mask out in public when I'm sick. Yeah, that's something like, I consider too. Yeah. So for travel, I was, I just had to catch a bunch of flights to go out to New England and come back, and I have to tell you, what the fuck airports? First, <laughs> some of these airports have nothing open, like Philadelphia. What the fuck? There are there like there are no restaurants. Nothing is open, and then they've got seating where they want you to still socially distance while you're waiting to get on the plane. So th- there are people stretched all around. They can't sit down waiting to get on the plane, which they're all going to cram onto the fucking airplane <laughs> that is full and breathing the same air. For a four-hour flight, but God forbid while we're in the airport, I get four feet away from a person. That's fair. (laughs) Just as a tangent within the tangent, when you're flying, there are certain airports that are crazy, by the way. Like, if nobody has flown in and out of Pittsburgh, has anybody not flown into Pittsburgh? I I don't think I've flown into Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Airport is a mall that happens to allow planes. (laughs) I shit you not, there are more people at the Pittsburgh airport shopping than are flying in and out of Pittsburgh. It's literally a mall. It has a public access retail. It's the weirdest airport I have ever been to, and it's totally fucking bizarre. Pittsburgh, what the fuck's up? 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I bought like 57 Christmas presents while I was there, flying through <laughs> one year. But Jesus Christ, it was, it was freaking me out a little bit, Pittsburgh. I think it's because it used to be a hub, but that airline it went used, under. Yeah, and then it died. Yeah. Yeah, and they were like, oh, you know what this should be? A fucking mall. And also, Tom, it's the Three River City, so every time I'm there, I just want to throw brass knuckles at somebody to knock them unconscious and take their weapons. I love that game. I love that game. There's a new version of it out where the daughters are trying to rescue their fathers. Oh my god, can you still hit people from behind and take their shit? Yes, you may. Plus, you can eat sushi to get power-ups for no fucking reason. Oh, it's such a good game. What game? River City Junction. It's River City Junction? River City Rumble. River City Rumble. What? That was River City Rampage. Rampage? River City Rampage, that might be. Okay, Rampage. I don't know. Someone's going to look it up. But anyway, it was a Nintendo... Was it Nintendo? It was definitely a Nintendo game. Okay, it was a Nintendo game. And it was a... It was a I'm, gonna, I'm using air quotes for the people at home. A River City Ransom. River City Ransom, thank you. Yeah. It was a cooperative game uh. where basically there was friendly fire. So you could throw whatever weapon was in your hand. And if it hit your buddy, it, like, knocked back in the head, their head's fucked out, and they dropped all their equipment on the ground. So you can steal shit from your buddy. If you really want it, you're like, aw, oh, man, he's got the baseball bat. I kind of want the baseball bat, and I got the brass knuckles. So you'd accidentally throw your brass knuckles and hit him in the back of the head. And he dropped the baseball bat, and he could run up and pick it up and start swinging away with it. It was a hilarious game. I loved it a lot. And it was very weird because there were all these uh, stores... And, like, if you saw a martial arts studio, you can go into the martial arts studio and learn a new move, but you had to pay for it. Yeah. And if you saw a sushi shop, you could buy some sushi, and it would give you a power up for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, spicy egg roll, you get to breathe fire and it so hot for no reason. That's a good, stupid game. Uh, good, stupid game. So they made a remake of it just four or five years ago called River City Girls, where the daughters of the two main characters uh, have been uh, captured. So we're going to have to play that. Wow, this is a long game. If it's on Steam, we're getting it. We're playing it soon, Josh. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that was a tangent and a tangent and a tangent. God damn, we went deep on that. Uh, I want to go back to another tangent. Nell Carter, dead or alive? Dead. Dead. Diabetes. Sorry, Tommy. (laughs) Yes, you're right. Nell Carter died in 2003 at the age of 54 years old. Uh, speaking of dead or alive, if you're interested in listening to us discuss whether people from famous sitcoms are dead or alive, here's a hint. If we talk about them, they're probably going to die soon. You can check us out at our Patreon-only podcast called The Geek Leak, where in addition to that, we also talk about the other geeky things other than comic books that we do. You can go to patreon.com slash guys, and for a mere $1 a week, you, or excuse me, one dollar a month, you can get that extra podcast every week. We decide to put out a podcast. And this summer, uh, I will be having a showing of the Black Widow movie in my backyard on a projector, and all of our Patreon patrons are invited. Free barbecue. Free barbecue. And well, the free should, movie. We should offer to fly our best Patreon patron up for it. It's a bucket. I'll chip in for that. Fifty-seven years, she won't pay for that flight. <laughs> I'm just saying but Diane I'm happy to do it just come on up come on up come on. but 57 years that's what you are 57 years I mean 57 years 57 
I mean, probably to pay for a flight. Something yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And all the money we get from the Patreon goes to the Elizabeth Peabody House uh, Food Bank uh, to help feed uh, folks who are in need. How many families do you guys feed every week there, Tom? Um, uh, we feed somewhere around 80 families every single week. Um, and uh, we really have a good time doing it. Uh, they all, Everyone gets a big bag of dry goods, a big bag of produce, and a big bag of meat every time they come by to my the, uh, the little, little bit of Peabody house. Food bank, and uh, happy to do it. It's a great group of people, great volunteers down there. And I can guarantee uh, the people do appreciate it. And sponsored by the Dark Order. That's right. <laughs> I got another video to put out. I'm hoping the Dark Order sees some of those things and and uh, next time they swing through, they'll they'll come up and uh, help out. <laughs> Especially Johnny Hungy, Mike Silver. I know you're not listening, man. Come on down to the food bank, Johnny Hungy. Stacy, do you have an Amanda Waller action figure? I don't. <gasps> I, I think I think one exists um, when they did the Justice League Unlimited toy line, but I do not own it. Do you have a Nell Carter? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, she's not at the toy. She actually has Mel Carter in her house now. So it makes up for it. That'd be awesome if I did. If I was just like, hey, yes, here's yeah. a Mel Carter. Just shake, just shake a can of, a can of coffee can. Like, yeah, I bought it. I bought a room at auction. No, I don't. But what I do have is. This figure was giving me trouble, so I'm going to put him on camera because he's being an asshole. Um, So one of my favorite series of late has been Dark Knight's Death Metal. And McFarlane Toys has made some of the characters. And so I I will spend the next few weeks sharing some of those. But this one, we'll start with Batman since he's connected to Amanda Waller. <laughs> this giant axe guitar. Wearing a duster. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's the coolest. Get her done. Get her done. <laughs> Definitely metal. He looks badass. Definitely metal. He is. And and I do not, I will say, I do not buy a lot of Batman toys because I was really tired of Batman for a long time, but I enjoyed the hell out of that storyline, so. Tom, you don't, you don't want to make a joke about psychokinetic metal? No, no. no. <laughs> you let one go by the plane. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. I appreciate that this time. Uh, <laughs> no. It's Don Damien Helpstrom. <laughs> I, I guess that brings us over to plugs. Anyone got anything to plug? Josh, I'm really sorry to hear that uh, Con of Thrones uh, didn't go through this year. Yeah, so Con of Thrones, unexpectedly, because it's in Orlando, and you'd think they'd be like, whatever. Uh, decided to cancel the first week of August. So uh, my my next few cons will be Dragon Con and then Gen Con. Are you doing anything at those cons, Josh? Uh, no, I think Dragon Con. I am getting ridiculously drunk while I'm in cosplay. And right, then Gen right. Con, I think I'm working uh, Ian's booth. And Ian? then, uh, sorry. Ian and Tammy from GeekOrthodox.com Thank you. GeekOrthodox.com GeekOrthodox.com Hello, Tammy. I 
DeepOrthodox.com, purveyor of fine t-shirts and other geeky things such as stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses, t-shirts, baseball caps, you name it, they got it. DeepOrthodox.com. And soon they're going to be doing the they're going to be doing the windows for my new kitchen or dining room. Excuse me, dining room. They do great stuff. They do great uh, stained glass stuff, and uh, always a pleasure to see them. Uh, Stacy, how about plugging some of your other podcasts? You got like twenty, don't you? <laughs> I don't. Um, I have a couple that I that I guest star on. Um, yeah, so if you go to theretronetwork.com, dot uh, com, you can hear me on one episode of Wizards, which is a podcast all about Wizard Magazine. Um, they literally, the guys that do that podcast, they literally take an issue of Wizard Magazine. They talk about the whole issue and any of the topics related to it. So uh, there's that one. We also do uh, Retro Network Game Night, where we do things like Situation Jukebox. Um, we do a, a game, not really a game, but a podcast called Bracket Madness, where we'll take a topic and we will fill out brackets, March Madness style. The last one we did was Favorite Action Shows of the 80s. Um, so... Actually, no, sorry, we're not the 80s. It was it was broader than that, but... Uh, Did the yeah, A-Team so win? Yes. No, because Hunter won. No, wait. Yeah, the A-Team won, actually. Yeah! Fuck you, yeah. Hunter! <laughs> Hunter didn't even make the list. Hunter didn't make the list? Hunter did not make the list. I'm sorry to say. Wow. How about Sledgehammer? No, no, I wish. Did no. Manimal make it as most ridiculous? No, I'm surprised nobody brought up Manimal or Auto Man. Um, wow. Neither By the way, Auto Man was at, uh, was at Pensacon. I'm like, hey, man, you are still damn handsome. I was like, thanks. <laughs> Why not have? Oh, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Did Auto Man give me a come up, man? If, give me a break. If Nell Carter was here, I'd get an autograph. You're no... You're no Nell Carter. Yeah. Jody LaForge. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, if you check out theretronetworks.com, you can find some of my podcast appearances, also some of the blog posts that I have written. Terrific. I would like to thank geekorthodox.com for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check them out at... Nope. 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 Take two. Nope. No, Geek uh, did not write our music. They didn't? Uh, they have a great band. Damn it. Maybe they they have a great band. And they're getting <laughs> back together. That band? Uh, they are the... They... Come on, Tom. You know this? Well, they're thinking about that. They I'd were like, like uh, the Gilligans or something? No. Anyway, Mike, go on. I would like to think... Kirby, Kirby Crackle, Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check them out yeah. at kirbycracklemusic.com. Those motherfuckers write music. Yeah. yeah. And if you're wondering, I watched this entire YouTube video and I did not hear shit for music. It's because I'm too lazy to edit our videos because that's a lot more work than editing the podcast. We have a what podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, you can come check us out. Uh, and if you uh, want to watch us, talk about this stuff you can go over to our youtube channel just search for the long box guys and for the guy who keeps on emailing our old 
Comic Historian's website, please stop. We are not going to buy essays from you. <laughs> Fair enough. Wait, wait, what kind of essays? It doesn't matter. And, and, yeah, it's, and I would also like to say I watched the New Mutants movie, finally. What'd you think? It wasn't bad. Thank you. It was, I liked it. I mean, I didn't love it. I, I liked like it. it better as a toward, uh, it was slow, and I liked it better towards the end uh, because of the way they tied in the rest of the the X-Men universe. It's definitely a sequel to the movie Logan. 100%. Which I thought was very cool the way they did that. And uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, the spoiler if you haven't seen it, the uh, they are being experimented on by Mr. Sinister's minions. Yeah, it's really good. They never Not actually really. say that, but yeah. if you read I, I, comics, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. I can understand why people watching the movie were like, huh? What? Uh, what the hell? Even if you didn't like comic, my, my, my wife saw it, and she was like, that was pretty good. It was kind of like a, um, she likened it to a Twilight Zone. Sure. I'm like, all right, sure. I mean, even someone with no, and my wife has no comic book knowledge, really. Uh, when I see a really, really funny comic, I explain it to her, because <laughs> she will not read it. But, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to do a review of it someday. We will not do a review of it someday. Oh, <laughs> Any other plugs, guys? Nah, I think that's it. Well, thank All right. Light screen. Trap Light screen, traps clean. All right, guys, I guess that'll do it. Uh, thank everybody for listening. We really do appreciate it. And Mikey, what is this podcast like to you? It's like a drunk rambling history, but for comics. And Dragon Con, the bar's there. Is that your sector, Judge? That's going to be in my sector. My first Dragon Con, by the way, this year. Oh, when is it again? Labor Day weekend. It's still what? Labor Day weekend. It doesn't change from Labor Day. Are we driving down or are we... Uh, I'm flying down. Flying down. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go with you. Tommy, how about you? Any, uh, any words of wisdom for us, everybody? Get your shot, man. If you haven't gotten shot, get your shot. Please get your shot, guys. Come Please on. get your shot. Do it for I you. Mean, do it for everybody else. Get your shot. Uh, sweet mama, get your shot. Stacy, sweet, sweet Stacy, what do you got for me? Well, uh, by the time you listen to this, it won't be 4th of July weekend. But just in general, if you have dogs in your neighborhood, don't set off fireworks. It's a, it's a really bad time for dogs to run away uh, and cats if they're outside. Number one weekend for lost dogs, right? Yeah, yeah. So just just be kind to your neighbors. Also, kind to your neighbors who have to get up at four or five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And remember, and some as, of your neighbors you know, might be veterans, also. Yeah, uh, exactly. A lot of veterans exactly. don't really love hearing that fireworks going off in the middle of the night. Uh, one last plug Terrificon, which is going to be in uh, the Mohegan Sun. They are going to have the cast of the Batman animated series, Ooh, including the guy who did Harvey Bullock. Love me some Harvey Bullock. He's my Patronus. Yeah, I, I thought. <laughs> hey, don't forget what I always say. Don't diss what you hate. Just, just promote what you love. You're going to live longer. Thank you so much from the Longbox Guys. Yeah.